2: A few years back when I was around 18, I entered a very rebellious phase in my life. I've always been a a prodigy child, always did what I was told, never stayed out late, didn't smoke, didn't drink, scored the highest in all of my classes. All of my family, my friends and my friends families thought that I was the perfect kid, but then something changed. I was on a a lot of medication due to my health, and I started going through bouts of, like, depression or whatever. I started acting up like never before. I stopped going to school, I would stay in bed all day, didn't talk to anyone, and then slowly I started talking to strangers online. Initially, it was just talking to them online. I would talk to a few people until I found someone interesting. I would dedicate all my time talking to them till they no longer held my interest, and then I moved on to the next person. This went on for about a year, then eventually I started meeting these people in person. Most of these meetings, they were sexual and I was very reckless. I slept around with more people than I would like to admit, and regardless of my lack of concern for my own safety, I somehow never met anyone that had any evil intentions. We'd meet a couple of times, do the dirty, and that was that. Until I met this one guy. I was talking to a couple of guys at that time. I wasn't in any sort of relationship, but just being a hoe, I guess. So this guy starts to talk to me and asks me about my hobbies, my interests, what I do. I told him that I do not smoke or drink, and he was shocked by that. I told him that it wasn't that I'd never done it... I tried it, but just felt like it wasn't my thing. We talked for a couple of weeks, I ended up talking about how I've even been going through depression and at first he just listened. Eventually he started telling me that I should try smoking, it would help me to relieve my anxiety and stress. And I always turned it down, but he was relentless. After a month or so of talking online, we decided to meet. We had never had any sort of sexual conversation or anything, so we were just going to meet as friends. I was supposed to meet another guy, an acquaintance, for something that I needed, so I suggested to the online chat guy that we meet briefly for lunch and then he could drop me off to another guy's place. He agreed and we decided on where and when to go. Now, the day that we were supposed to meet, we met at a local cafe. We had brunch and then I got into his car for him to drop me off at the place that I had to go. It was a good 45 minute drive so I put on some songs and decided to relax. Five minutes into the drive, he offered me a cigarette. I declined. He insisted and kept insisting till I gave up and agreed. I opened the box and there was only one cigarette in there. I told him that it was his last one and asked if he was sure that he wanted me to smoke it since... He would have enjoyed it more than I. He said yes. I took the cigarette out and there was something odd about it. It didn't look like it was store bought. It rather looked like it had been rolled by hand. But then again, I had never smoked enough cigarettes to be sure. So I just lit it and smoked it. I couldn't even smoke half of it though. It made me inexplicably nauseous. So I gave up halfway through and I offered it to him. Instead of smoking it, he put it out and threw it away. I thought that that was weird, but assumed that he probably didn't want to smoke while driving. 30 minutes into the ride though, and I started feeling really sick. My whole body was now shaking. I was extremely nauseous, and I could barely keep my eyes open. I kept telling him that I wasn't feeling good and that... Maybe we should go to the nearest ER instead of where we were going. But he kept telling me to relax and lay back. Everything about that ride felt really off now. I told him too to stop the car and drop me off wherever we were. He refused. All I could think of was pulling out my phone and calling for the police. When he noticed what I was doing, he immediately stopped the car and I got out. I couldn't stand, so... I sat on the roadside and called the guy that I was supposed to visit, he immediately drove to where I was and picked me up, took me to his place where I threw up all over his living room multiple times. For the next hour and a half I just laid on the couch, my whole body shaking and constantly throwing up. The guy brought me water, gave me some electrolytes and kept insisting on going to the hospital but in the end I refused. I had no idea what I had smoked, but I was sure that it wasn't just plain old cigarettes. That much was clear. I was scared that if it had been some illegal drug and if the hospital caught on, that I would get into trouble. And I absolutely did not want my parents to find out what I had been up to. So, in the end, I just laid there, kept throwing up and letting whatever that stuff was get out of my system. All these years later, and... I am now married to the guy who picked me up from the roadside and helped me through an insanely embarrassing time. When I was 17, my bedroom had a window looking out of my backyard. The backyard was fenced in, but on the other side of the fence, there were some woods and a retention pond. I'd never been scared of this and kept the blinds open so that when the sun rose in the morning, the natural light would help wake me up. But one night, I was up late on my phone with my dog laying in my bed next to me. At around 2am, my dog jumped up and started barking at the window. At first, I honestly thought that he was just barking at his reflection and told him to stop. But I then realized that he was looking at the left side of the window while his reflection was on the right. I couldn't see outside the window because I had left the lamp on my nightstand on. All I could see in the window was the reflections of my bedroom. Not wanting to alert whatever might be out there that I was scared, I faked a yawn, set my phone aside and turned off the lamp. I then laid face down facing the window and I swear that I saw a set of human eyes looking back at me from the left side of the window I drink a lot of water at night, so I had an empty bottle on my nightstand. So I grabbed it and pretended to just realize that it was empty. I turned on the lamp and acted like I was going to get some water. I went to my parents' room and my dad told me not to worry. We had these motion-activated floodlights and they hadn't turned on, so there was no way that anything was out there. I went back to my room and I told myself that I must just be seeing things. I ended up closing the blinds and I turned on the lamp and I just got some sleep. When I woke up in the morning, I went to take my dog out and decided to check out the pine straw bedding underneath my window. And when I did, it was visibly disturbed. I did my best to ignore that and tried to remember what my dad said about the floodlights. That worked pretty well until my dad tested the floodlights later that day and found that the bulbs... He had been burnt out. To this day, I keep my blinds closed and my lamp off when I sleep. I don't want to risk anything being able to see me if anything is somehow peeking through my window. I would prefer to know if something is there, and I'm pretty sure that there was someone at my window that night. It was 2018, back when I lived in the suburbs of Paris. I've been playing Pokemon Go since its release and I used to go out at night to play, always with my best friend on voice call. It was a night like any other as well, following my usual route. It was around 2 in the morning and I had already covered a good 2 kilometers. I found myself about one kilometer away from home at this point, standing near a poker stop, catching what I could while talking to my friend, just like every night. It was a residential street with a few streetlights, but quite dark as there was a field just behind it. After about five minutes, I noticed a man in his thirties on the opposite sidewalk, just a few meters away from me, holding head shears in his hand, and there was a pile of branches at his feet, I thought the man was just trimming the branches of his tree however when i described the scene to my friend he said you should leave right away no one does gardening in the middle of the night despite my friend's warning i was so focused on pokemon go that i wanted to capture all the pokemon before leaving so i stayed while keeping an eye on the man's actions as i looked at the man i realized that he wasn't cutting any branches though he was now just staring at me. He would occasionally move and also hide behind a parked van nearby while spying on me through the windows. However, he knew very well that I could see him and I began to feel scared at this point. Despite my friends pleading for me to leave, I still hadn't caught all the Pokemon so I hesitated to go at first. The man continued his strange behavior, crossing over to my side of the street and hiding behind some bushes while staring at me. Then, he went back to his pile of branches and stared at me again. Finally, I had had enough and I decided to leave. I walked normally towards my home, trying not to show my fear. I had a straight path back home. My friend on the call asked me to check behind me in case the man was following me, and when I did… Indeed, he was, still holding the head shears, about 10 meters behind me now. I then made a left turn instead of going straight, even though it made my way longer. I wanted to be sure that he was actually following me and that it wasn't just a coincidence. He continued to follow me, though. At that, I picked up my pace, taking snaps just in case something actually happened. When I reached the end of the street, I was out of breath but safe. There was no one behind me. I entered my home feeling relieved. Suddenly, a white car pulled up right in front, stopped, and the driver's window rolled down. And it was the same guy with his pruning shears, which meant that now he knew where I lived. I rushed inside, locked everything, grabbed a kitchen knife, and I just waited until somebody woke up so that I could go to bed. There was no further incidences, thankfully, Nobody believed me, of course, so we checked the surveillance cameras at home, and unfortunately, I was right. Everybody saw it, and everyone was definitely creeped out by it. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: I've been thinking about sharing this for a while now, and I had a little time today, so I figured that I would get your opinions. This is actually pretty long, but... I do feel that everything that I mention here is important to the story, or to understand my thinking and reaction I guess. There's a little bit of setup and some backstory required so please just bear with me. Now my family has Appalachian roots and I spent a lot of time growing up in the mountains of West Virginia. A strong sense of and respect for the paranormal and one's ability to sense it was instilled in me from a young age. I was always taught to listen to your instincts. When something feels wrong, it is. And when your gut tells you to get out of a situation, you do. As kids, we would go playing out in the woods often. This was really common in my family and we, the kids, just set off after breakfast, take a packed lunch and we were expected to be back by dinner, supper as they would say. We didn't take maps or anything and the older kids taught the younger kids how to navigate. And somehow, we always made it back home. At the beginning of summer, and often before heading out for the day, my great-grandma would drill into us the rules. I can't think of a better way to say it, but rules included things like paying attention to animals that don't appear right, no whistling, never acknowledge your name being called, always counting your group to make sure that you have not lost or gained one, and most importantly, if something feels wrong, you would get out of the area quickly. Now, I can think of a few times during our daily adventures where one of great-grandma's rules came into play, but it just wasn't a big deal. It was always treated as one of those facts of life type of things. When we would get back and tell her what happened, she would explain what happened and give us pointers if we ran into something like that again. I guess it was more of we coexist with these things and have to protect ourselves when we encounter one than a, a sense of fear... No different than running into a dangerous animal and nothing bad ever came of any of these run-ins. But that brings me to what happened in Louisville. One more point that I feel is important to the story is that I am 6'1", 250 pounds, a man. So, needless to say, generally, people do not intimidate me or make me feel unsafe in any way. So, it was the summer of 2021... I believe it was around the middle of July when this took place. I was there on business, and if you're familiar with the area, I was a few blocks from the Nulu area, but not all the way to Bardstown. It was in the middle of the day, and I had gone out to smoke in the parking lot. The parking lot was in no way isolated as multiple busy roads came together and snake around the block. I had been out there for a few minutes and was on the phone with my mum, having a completely normal conversation when... Suddenly, the strongest sense of dread that I'd ever felt in my life came over me. I looked up and there was a a woman walking down the sidewalk on the opposite side of the street. Walking, though, isn't really the right word any more than woman is. She wasn't really walking in the traditional sense. The best way that I can describe it is that she was trying to make it look like she was walking, but her legs were too long. I don't mean that her legs were literally too long, but that's the best way that I can describe it. Maybe like someone learning to walk on stilts almost. Her arms were wrong too, kind of like they would go from being too long to being too short or something. I also couldn't see her, kind of like she was blurry or not sort of rendered all the way. Mind you, it was not a hazy day or anything, and it was not very hot for July, I know that that may sound a bit hard to understand, but I don't know a better way to explain it, except that I couldn't seem to bring her into focus, I guess. When I say, too, that I was overcome by fear, that doesn't even really do it justice. I have never felt fear like I felt that day. It was a fear that I didn't even know was possible to feel, like I was in the presence of some ancient evil that would make an encounter with a a not deer seem like a, a nice picnic. This might sound hyperbolic too, but it is how I felt. I wasn't afraid for my mortal body, but almost like I was afraid for my soul. As soon as I noticed her, I was frozen in this fear though. Part of my brain was screaming at me to run, but I couldn't move a muscle. I could hear my mum talking through my AirPods, but I had no idea what she was saying and couldn't process it. I stood there frozen as she was making her way towards me. I genuinely have no idea how long it was, but at best I would guess a couple of minutes I stood there focused on her. She continued her weird attempt at a walk and stayed out of focus until she was almost directly across the street from me. I would say that... There was maybe about 20 feet separating us, taking into account the two-lane road and the sidewalks. When she was almost directly across from me, she finally came into focus. She was just a a little old lady, maybe in her late 70s or early 80s. Once I made that connection, my rational brain tried to tell me that I, I was just being ridiculous and it was just a little old lady. I have nothing to fear from a little old lady. Even if she was crazy and tried to attack me or something, I could pick her up and punt her across the street if I needed to, but the instinctual part of my brain just wasn't interested in hearing that for some reason. When she was directly across from me, she paused. She turned to look at me and was kind of jerky in a way. When she did, her face was wrong too. It wasn't like something out of a horror movie, and I can't tell you exactly what was wrong with it, but it was wrong. It was kind of like one of those magic eye pictures where you see the 3D image when you unfocus your eyes. She smiled at me, and her mouth was too big. It was almost ear to ear, in fact. For some reason, that smile is what finally broke the paralysis, too, that had me rooted in place, and after that, I ran, I ran in the opposite direction and only stopped when the area was fully out of view. When I finally came to my senses, my mum was yelling into the phone asking if I was okay. She informed me that I had just stopped talking for a little bit and then screamed and she could hear my breathing. I don't remember screaming, but I must have and I believe her. As I got a hold of myself, I told her what had happened and she asked me not to go back to the area anytime soon. Not that you could have paid me enough to go back there right away anyway, but I took an Uber to my hotel and I started making arrangements to cut my trip short. The next day, I took an Uber back to my car and had the driver drop me off directly behind where I was parked. I got in my car and started it and floored it to get away from there. I left Louisville and my rearview as quickly as I could. I have been back since then, but when I have to go to that area, I always go with a group and I avoid it if at all possible. Now, I've been trying to rationalize this since then and I just cannot come up with a rational explanation for what I saw. I don't do drugs, I don't drink alcohol, and I don't have any underlying psychological issues or a history of them in my family or anything. I had never before and have not since had an experience like this one and... The only conclusion that I can draw is that I ran into something paranormal, but I truly have no idea what it was. I guess that's where you guys come in, because I'm really hoping that someone out there has some idea as to what this was. I've done my best to be as unemotional and factual as I can here, I've tried to leave out any hyperbole or emotions, even though it is very difficult to discuss this without bringing emotions into it. Also, I will point out that the human memory is not perfect, but every little detail seems like it's burned into my mind. I dream about this experience frequently, in fact, and I can still see her in my mind's eye. So I was in grade 9 at a really terrible school. The system there sucked and it was located in a dangerous area of the city that I lived in. I actually just remembered this story because it was so usual for things like this to happen there that for me it was just sort of normal so I forgot it. But looking back at it now I realized that it was not normal at all. So I was in PE class and we were running laps around the school on the sidewalk to stretch. I was with my friend group of five girls and we were walking behind as always because PE for us was talking about the school drama all period. We were walking and talking about the recent drama when a red truck slowed down beside us. It wasn't unusual, every time we were walking outside of the school a creepy man would slow down so we didn't think much of it. And just kept walking and ignoring him. We saw his truck two or three times more. He was driving around the school and slowing down every time that he passed by us. So we decided to tell our teacher that made us go back inside in the gym. We started playing whatever game that we were doing when the teacher came to me and told me that I was asked to the main office because someone was here to pick me up now. I was panicking because nobody was supposed to pick me up during class that day and... I thought that maybe something bad had happened to either my mom or my dad or somebody in my family. So I got changed into my normal clothes, grabbed my backpack and rushed to the office. When I got there, the lady told me that there was a man waiting for me outside of the main doors. I got a a little bit confused because usually when my parents came to pick me up, they would wait in the hall until I got there. I took a look throughout the glass door and... Saw an old man. I had never seen this man once in my life. I quickly walked back to the office and told the lady that I didn't know this man and what she told me next froze me. She told me that he had said that he was a friend of my parents and that they had asked him to pick me up because my mother got into a car accident. He told the lady my name and my last name, my age, my mum's name, and the grade that I was in even. I was shocked and immediately asked her if I could call my parents to confirm. So I called my dad and he told me that my mum was just fine and he was at work. The lady just told me to go back to class and I never saw that man again. I never knew what happened after I left and how did he know all of that info about me. My parents talked to the cops about this and there was never anything that came of it. We just never got any answers. Since that happened, I moved into a much safer city and I hope that I never have to deal with anything like that ever again. I was living in Fiji Islands back in 2016 and I was 14 years old. This story happened to my family, but mainly my mum lived it. It was on the 31st of October and I was at my school for a Halloween-based party and my parents and my little sister were going to a family friend's Halloween party so the house was empty. My party finished at 9 p.m. and my dad came to pick me up but dropped off my mom and sister at the house because our security alarm was ringing because nobody was home my family obviously called the security company over and they sat in a van with three security guards. My mom opens the house and lets everyone in. They check the whole house and they see no one. My mother checks all the cupboards and under the bed with my little sister who was only 12 at the time. The security go outside into the garden and in the basement to check if there is anyone and it's not an accidental ring. We don't have any pets by the way. My mum turns on all the lights from the living room and the balcony. She starts to open the window and the gates that protect all the windows to get on the balcony but when she looks at the keyhole to put it in... She notices flip-flops on the floor. She then looks closer and sees two pair of legs hiding really close to each other against the wall under a garden sofa. My mum begins yelling, They're on the balcony. The two guys got scared and jumped off the balcony into my garden. One of the guards grabs the guy, but the second intruder jumps on the guard and they run away jumping over the fence and running into the forest. My mother regrets yelling, And if she had come down and talked to the security quietly, the guys wouldn't have run and they probably would have been caught. My mum is crying, holding my sister to her side and telling her everything will be okay. The security then called the police and they did a report describing the guys and started a search. The cops were here in like a minute since I live only like 100 meters away from the closest police station. The guys who jumped lost a hat, their flip flops and they left socks as well. To use as gloves, we think, but also two knives. Sadly, the guys were never found again, but two weeks later, my mum pulls out of the driveway, looks in the rearview mirror of her car, and sees, she's 90% sure, the two guys there, opposite our house, staring at her. The short guy had the same new hat, and the other guy had brand new flip flops. When my mum drove away to the police station, the guys were gone and they were never to be found again. I got home after with my dad and my mum and my sister crying. My dad was mad that he didn't stay, but my mum had drank and she couldn't drive at that time. Luckily, my mum saw them before she opened the window, otherwise, well, who knows what could have happened, right? Now, how did the two guys get on the balcony in the first place? Well, it's going to sound a bit stupid, but right next to the balcony where they were hiding, there are two wooden poles linked with a sort of weird plank. It's not to hang anything or anything, it's just there. My dad asked the landlord to get rid of it, but the landlord didn't want to do that. To give more about this pole thingy too, me at 15 or 16 when I was already 6 foot, I could jump and climb onto my balcony because I did it to sneak out of the house to go see my girlfriend at the time. I'm now 21 and I live in Australia and even though I didn't live this for myself, it honestly really scared me because I was young and now that I live alone, I check the entirety of my house and make sure my house is always locked to the point that I've locked myself out of my house way too many times because of it. Thankfully, I've never had to deal with anything like this in my life since then, but still, it's something that just never leaves you. Starting roughly 19 years ago, I'm 38 now, I was in the woods behind one of my friend's houses camping. We were maybe only 500 to 550 yards away from the house and only took a few steps in the direction of the house to see it on the other side of the cornfield that was used for hay that year. We had a fire started and we were just hanging out, talking and enjoying the summer night. We had gone to Lake Michigan earlier and a girl that we met that lived nearby decided to come with us and hang out, being our one friend knew her somewhat from his job or whatever, but we all agreed that she would get the tent and we would all sleep around the fire that night. After about an hour or so, we had an amazingly bright light shine down right over us. We all kind of freaked out and got up when a strong wind came down on us and the light slowly moved away. We all decided in the end that it was probably just a police helicopter looking for marijuana plants and saw our heat plus the fire on the thermal camera. So we all laid back down and within maybe 10 minutes, we were all back to each of our hearts racing. As we laid there, there was an ear-splitting screech. Before any of us could get up, something with some considerable weight hit the leaf littered forest floor. Now, all of us standing... A creature that seemed no larger than a wolf ran, not walked, multiple times around us before we could get a bead on its location. The girl that was with us now was in the tent doorway and two of my friends had almost teleported into the tent, they moved that quickly in fear. At this point the creature had stopped moving but we still couldn't pinpoint where it had stopped. The only views that we could get was that it had a, a grey and white fur almost. Not patterned, but random patches. We also realized that the helicopter that we figured was the dopescope was still nearby as well. Not far, but we could see stars being blocked out by it moving from west to east, almost like it was strafing now. Another ten adrenaline-filled minutes passed, and we assumed that it had left. After another hour of laying there listening and waiting for its return, finally we all started falling asleep. In the morning, nothing in the campsite was disturbed and nothing was damaged. I walked back to the house to get some eggs and other things for breakfast. Nothing felt off except for the constant feeling of being watched from the woods, but after that long night, I could understand it. On the way back though, at a different angle of view, I noticed three distinct areas in the hay that were pressed down in almost a perfect triangle. Once I got closer, there was also a weird static feeling to the air, and all my arm hair stood up. As I got closer to the woods, a a strong feeling to turn around hit me like a ton of bricks. Across the field, around 250 yards away, there's a piece of woods that splits the two fields, and in that narrow strip of trees stood what I can only describe as a cross between a dog and a great ape, about six to seven feet tall, on two legs. It seemed, I'd say, uncomfortable being on two legs, as it swayed side to side like it was unbalanced almost. At that, though, I turned back and I headed straight back to the campsite, made breakfast, saying nothing to the rest, as heading back to the house would have had us going right by that creature. Roughly three hours later, we headed to the house and... There were no more sightings or feelings. Now, the next sighting was about four years later, while hunting family property about four miles from the original sighting. Sitting in the woods by myself that evening, I had a group of four does come in. I would sit back in the thicker woods, but I had a 270 sighted in at 100 yards. I had three lanes that were optimal for that rifle, but... Two years before, got a hard shot on a buck only 75 yards away and threaded a needle with the bullet, so I was very comfortable with any shot at this point. Anyway, the does were calm and moving slowly, feeding with no care in the world. After several minutes, the largest doe kept checking behind them, though, hearing something, but I couldn't. They all suddenly jumped at the same time and even crashed into trees trying to get away. I still heard nothing and I couldn't see anything in the direction that she kept looking. But then I noticed a grey and white haired creature moving in down like a canine hunting. When I got the first look, I immediately recognized it too. This time though, I didn't have any anxiety, no racing heart and felt completely calm, unlike the first encounter. It was not because I had my rifle as well as the first encounter I had my shotgun that I carried... Maybe it was the distance, I don't know, but it moved through the woods and almost seemed to be avoiding me, but also feeling that it knew that I was there almost. It walked behind the denser underbrush and would almost leap through the shooting lanes that I had, as to try and stay hidden and not give me a shot, I think. Not that I was going to, as I have a strong belief that cryptids and paranormal interactions should be viewed and felt with strong actions, at least resort option but it only made a very low growl as it would have been entering the field about 75 yards from me. I waited around 30 minutes before heading in for the night as the creature moving through would have kept anything from coming in. As I walked back, I never felt the need to rush or even look behind me. Coming into the small grass field that we let grow over on the property, there once again was a rush of wind and a dark object in the sky which I could see better this time as a sort of triangular shaped object but had rounded out sides like a triangle that was filled and the sides were about to burst almost or something. It moved slowly the direction the creature moved and then quickly disappeared in the opposite direction extremely fast. Now the last time that I had an interaction with the same creature was about three years ago But now fifty to fifty-five miles to the south, I was hunting the Allegan State Game Area. Only a few days into the firearm season, anyone that knows that area during deer season knows that it is filled with hunters from all over. I usually would go to the more difficult areas, as the city people wanted to hunt ten feet from their vehicle and not have to work for their deer. I was deep in the woods by the Swan Creek area. And the sun was just starting to set up to be able to break through the dense trees. I'm used to the weird and sometimes unsettling feeling that the area gives you, but today felt particularly strange. I hadn't seen any other cars on my way to the area, so I felt good about a successful hunt. As the minutes went by, I could hear a few deer moving in and was hoping that a buck wouldn't be too far behind them. It was cooler this morning than the last few and it was easy to see one's breath. I started seeing breath from behind some berry shrubs that I believed to be the deer that I had heard and was excited to see them move through it. After 10 minutes went by and the breathing kept coming from the same spot, I started thinking that maybe there was a buck behind the shrubs and he can smell me or know something's up. But then the does all booked it through the opening by the shrubs and full speed ran through the woods. Something had obviously spooked them, but shortly behind them was a sight that I'd honestly forgot about, and this time had my heart almost exploding and my anxiety at absolute max. So, I'm around a thousand yards in dense woods with many hollows and ridges to get to my vehicle, and nobody hunting with me to try and get to me, Being the zone that I was in, I had my shotgun, but with what I have seen in the past, I wasn't too sure if I was safe even with it. I traveled roughly 150, staying relatively slow as to not make any noise. As I waited by a tree and was listening and looking behind me, the woods suddenly became absolutely dead quiet. No birds, no squirrels running about, and no wind even. Some would perhaps think that this is good because you can hear everything, right? But those who spend time in the woods know that when an apex animal moves in, either the warning calls go off or it goes absolutely silent in the woods. I kept moving at a more increased pace and I kept checking my phone for better service to call in my in-laws to head out to the area for assistance if I needed. I was maybe 200 yards from my vehicle and I saw what... I honestly thought was going to be my end. On a small mound about 75 yards ahead stood a creature on all fours, but this one, this one was different. The hair was brown and black, looked to be bigger, and this time the front half was fully visible and I could see that it was the same kind of beast that I'd seen each time before, sort of half wolf, half ape. And honestly, it looked something like a test tube baby of some mad scientist. It stared directly at me for about five minutes and I was sure that the other was somewhere close watching from behind. Then a a huge gust of air came through the trees and the creature ran as if it was being hunted itself. I leaned against the tree by me and sighed and felt a huge relief wash over me, almost like a, a shower of protection. I opened my eyes and looked up feeling that I would see the same thing as before, but there were clouds and an open sky... Then the cloud seemed to distort and get sort of morphed. Kind of like when glass has a curve or a defect and it distorts your view of objects behind it. And I knew then that it was another craft flying above the trees. And it was either a different one altogether or a a different mechanism to hide being that it was daylight this time. Now for about two years after I had almost ghost like visits from whatever these things were that's really the only way to explain it. They both would show up in the woods while collecting firewood or on a walk with my kids. I never got the same feelings I did the other times. I felt like it was a a memory playing in my head, except they moved and did things that I couldn't really see them doing. One day I had my dog with me, which I trained to protect my kids and wife at the time. He'd even attacked me when my ex took him in the woods on a leash. I put on a new hoodie and pulled the hood over my face and he came after me and even called his name didn't come him just when he was close enough to smell me that he finally caught wind that it was me. But he was not on a leash this day and not even 10 feet in. His hair raises and he starts growling but he seemed confused as to why himself. Then that was when I saw two of these things 20 feet ahead. And now this is going to sound really weird but I could sort of see through them and and they moved as if they were made out of smoke or something. The dog lunged at one and went right through it and it dissipated like a mist thinning in the morning sun. The other walked behind a tree and just never came out of the other side. It's been a, a few years now and I haven't seen the creatures fully but keep getting shadows at the edge of my view that sort of look like them and they keep getting close on both sides each time when I'm walking in the woods. But the biggest problem with all of this is how can what was a fully physical interaction with what I figured was a cryptid or maybe otherworldly being now be more spiritual in nature? It almost seems like a a soul following me… I know that this all sounds so crazy, believe me, but could they have died and am I the one that they didn't get or are they protecting me like a calling or something? Either way, holding it in for years and keeping the other two encounters from other people I still talk to from the original group, I finally figured that I would share these instances and just put them out there just to get them off my chest and hopefully get some help and... Some understanding, I guess. None of it has really interfered with my life, I guess, other than a few close heart attacks from anxiety or the couple of sleepless nights right after the encounters. And in the end, I guess all I can say is, take this all as you will. I am looking forward to hearing what you guys might have to say about it, though. I guess I'm just a bit lost, and I'm hoping that I can get some answers, or at the very least, some theories. I needed to get this out there and I'm wondering if there are others with the same type of bizarre interactions that last decades like this and even seem to just change so drastically. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too.